I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Well, the headlines are money, money, money. Infrastructure money. Money for families. Economy. Interest rates. Inflation, it's a lot about money coming out of Washington, D.C. But is that all it is? Are we just to the point where billions and billions and trillions and trillions uh, we don't even register anymore? We need to remember, we need to reconsider that those are real dollars and real cents, and we're not getting a lot of common sense, and all of it is going to impact each of us. So let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. All right, we're committing this first hour of the program today here on Inside Sources to really get into the numbers, the dollars and cents of all of this, and most important, how does it apply to you? And so we're going to start out with infrastructure, what that is and is not, the Republicans' counterproposal to the president's counter counterproposal uh, and what that looks like. Uh, we'll also talk about uh, families, impact on families and child care in particular, family leave and child care. Uh, we'll have some uh, insight from uh, a great conversation held yesterday uh, with Senator Mitt Romney, uh, hosted and convened by the Deseret News uh, and other thought leaders from across the country. So we'll weigh in on that. Uh, then we'll talk about interest rates and what's happening and, and whatever Utah should be thinking about in terms of their home interest rate, what that's going to mean. Uh, in terms of the long haul, and then we'll round out the hour. Coming back to uh, something that just took place, President Biden uh, is beginning to unveil his broader budget. This will impact all the way into the fall, and the number is $6 trillion. And so we'll break that down, and again, what all of that's going to mean to each of us individually, in our families, and in our communities. And so let's start with the infrastructure. We've been talking about that for the past couple of weeks uh, of course, the president uh, started out with a, a big $2.3 trillion uh, infrastructure bill. The Republicans' initial offer was $506 billion just for roads and bridges, uh, those kinds of things. Uh, so let's actually start with this. Uh, I, I always believe that before you can chart a course to get where you want to go, you have to understand where you really are. And uh, if you missed out yesterday... Uh, we had Faith Abube from uh, ABC News giving us just kind of the framing 
of where we've been and where we are as it relates to the infrastructure bills. The GOP's counterproposal drives up the original offer of nearly $600 billion to nearly a trillion dollars. The plan includes $506 billion for roads, bridges and major projects, $98 billion for public transit and money for airports, waterways and broadband infrastructure. I think that's what the American people think of when they think of, in, uh, of infrastructure and that's certainly what we do too. Senator Shelley Capito, the GOP's $1 trillion counteroffer is still far lower than President Biden's $1.7 trillion counterproposal unveiled last week. Faith Abube, ABC News, Washington. All right. Thanks to Faith for uh, giving us the framing there of where we've been. I know there's a lot of numbers uh, jumbled in there. Uh, the most interesting thing to me is that they're, they're still one point, they're still about $700 billion apart. That seems to be a bit of a gap, uh, but maybe in Washington, uh, dollars and cents, uh, that does make sense, uh, that they're only $700 billion. Who thought you could ever say, we're, we're just $700 billion apart. We'll get this thing done. Uh, I want to actually go to uh, Senator Capito from West Virginia. Really interesting. West Virginia has such a unique place in this conversation as it relates to infrastructure. You have Shelley Moore uh, Capito, a moderate Republican, and you have Senator Joe Manchin, uh, who is a moderate Democrat, and they are in the middle of the middle of this conversation because it's going to take that whole center left to center right to get something done without it actually going to reconciliation, which we'll talk about in just a second. But here's uh, Shelley Moore Capito, again, a Republican from West Virginia, uh, kind of framing out a little bit of what the new Republican proposal is and what it looks like. What we are looking at today is a $928 billion package over eight years. It sticks to the core infrastructure features that we talked to uh, initially. Uh, It's a serious effort to try to reach a bipartisan agreement. We believe that the alternative, which is a partisan reconciliation process, would be destructive to our future bipartisan attempts, but also doesn't serve the American public. Now, the the most important thing that Senator Capito said in that statement had nothing to do with the size of the deal or the distance yet to be traveled to get a compromise. The thing that was most important in her comments was that she fired the shot across the bow to the Democrats to say that if the Democrats do this through a process that's called reconciliation, we'll, we'll save the description of that for another day. Uh, it's basically that the Democrats would only need to get 50 votes to pass it through reconciliation uh, as opposed to what the Senate standard is, which is you have to get to 60 votes, which means you always have to get bipartisan support. So if we're going to talk about bipartisan support, um, let's go ahead and, and talk about bipartisan support. Um, but but we're, we're really not. Uh, and what she's saying is if we focus, if, if the Democrats go through reconciliation, uh, she said it would be destructive for future bipartisan attempts uh, that would not serve the American people. Real quickly, let's get uh, President Biden's initial reaction to the GOP counteroffer. I haven't had a chance yet to go over the detail of the counteroffer made by Capito. Uh, I'll be, they're gonna, we're going to meet sometime next week, and uh, we'll see if we can move that. I told her we have to finish this really soon, and there's another Republican group that also wants to talk. And uh, but we're going to have to close this down. So that was uh, President Biden getting on the plane there. 
And this was earlier in the day. Uh, this was before he started talking about his $6 trillion plan, which will be part of the budget discussions rolling into the fall. But again, this the important thing in this is, yeah, they're still far apart. They still have not really defined what infrastructure is and is not. Uh, does it include tax reform? Does it include capital gains reform? Uh, and so there's a host of things that just aren't even defined yet. But it has been clearly marked uh, by Senator Capito that doing this through reconciliation is a bad strategy. And her counterpart uh, from her own state, Senate Democratic Senator Joe Manchin, agrees that this needs to get done not through reconciliation, but through real negotiation and real compromise. So a lot to think about. We're going to continue to drill down on this as we go throughout uh, hour number one. But much to think about, much to reconsider in terms of where we are and where we go next. Think again with Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.